so good to see you here tonight at Awaken. Just before we move on, stay standing because we're going to pray together in a, in a second. Right now we've got a, a busload of young people at the Youth Alive Conference and tonight's the last night there. And from what I'm hearing is God's doing a great thing in the life of, lives of so many of those young people which we've seen for long. We've invested in their lives, but we pay for the bus. One Heart Church did. So um, we sent them in a bus this year. And I just believe that investment is going to be paid forward with many, many lives touched. But what I'm believing for is from that conference, there are young people from all over the state. They're from Mount, Mount Gambier, from Sejuna, from uh, Coober Peak, all over the place. And I believe there's going to be a revival fire sweep through their lives that they're going to take back to their towns, take back to their schools, take back to their youth groups and see the hand of God moving in a very powerful and special way. I also just want to do, do something to brag on One Heart Churches. Our youth pastor got Youth Pastor of the Year Award today. So <clears throat> I think that's awesome. So out of the whole state, out of all the youth pastors, our, our youth pastor got the Youth Pastor of the Year Award. He got a pair of sneakers as the award. It's like, hey, how about a trophy? Might, might be. A, a trophy to give to the senior pastor would be good. So if you will, please join with me. We're going to pray right now for all those young people. We're going to pray in the heavenly so that right now there's a meeting going on in Adelaide with all these young people from all over the state. We want to pray for them and believe that God does something miraculous and powerful in their lives. So let's all begin to pray right now. Father, we just pray for the youth alive, young people, wherever they come from, where whatever their experiences are today, we believe right now for a miracle power of God to move through our state from east to west and north to south right across the state of South Australia that there be young people being touched by the fire of God by the uh, fullness of the Holy Spirit coming upon them in a very powerful way and Lord I pray that we will see fires of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon our young people that they may come back not just with um, just with a feeling but they come back with an experience of the Holy Spirit that carries them for the rest of their life so we just speak over that conference and pray Lord God that in the next three four five years we'll see many great men and women who were at those meetings where the Holy Spirit got a hold of their heart and set them on fire we just pray and believe for that tonight in Jesus name amen and amen why don't you give someone a handshake or a kiss and take your seats today <coughs> So I just want to get right into the Word tonight, but before I do, we've just got some really exciting things coming up in the life of the church over the next few months. In late November, we have Dave Gilpin coming. I'm really, really excited to have Dave Gilpin here. You will love his ministry. Uh, you'll love what he brings. He's uh, uh, an incredible teacher, uh, thinker, man of God. So uh, I can't wait to have him here with us. So keep your ears out for, for those dates when Dave Gilpin is here. Everyone say, Dave Gilpin. He's the one. You'll love it. And January, we're going to hit the year. Next year, we're going to hit the year really big. Because I want us to start on the best spiritual footing that we can. And we're starting in January with our uh, prayer and fasting. We're going to have three days of prayer and fasting, finishing with an awakened night. So that's going to be awesome. So I want to encourage you. Don't go as don't 
go into 2023 as a spectator with your spiritual life. Because I think so so often and so easy, we go into, we go into church life with our hands in our pockets going, mm, I'm just spectating really. I'm, do, I'm just really just watching, just kind of, you know, we could say judging or just just uh, seeing what's happening. But I want us to, to make decisions for 2023 that we're going in as as warriors and participators in what God's going to do next. So we're going to do that. We're going to have Awaken after our prayer and fasting on the Thursday night. Um, then we have uh, we have Pastor Danny Guglamucci, and he's told me he wants to come and talk to us because he, he's been a pastor. He's, a, he's, a, a, he's an apostle, a great man of God. You, you're going to love his ministry. But he's going to talk at two of our services. The first one, he's going to talk about the journey that God took him through when his son was killed. Uh, he had an adult son, was a, was a youth pastor, and was struck by lightning at a youth camp and was killed. So that's a tragedy. That's war. That's as out there as you can ever get. But he's going to tell us and speak to us about his journey through that, that whole season of grief and why and all that stuff. So, But there's a, a powerful, powerful message, I believe, for all of us who have gone through uh, grief or hard times of any sort. He's going to speak to us about that. Then he's also going to speak on what he believes God is talking to the church in these days. So he's got a prophetic word that he wants to bring to the church about the direction and, the, and what God is doing or wants to do in the church over this coming season. So I'm really excited about that. And also we have Josh Greenwood, our lead pastor from Influences Church coming in January. And uh, that is going to be another a great time. Uh, the men, remember, we had him for a men's event some time ago. And uh, they're still talking about that. So also, that, that's going to be a super January. That doesn't really doesn't rhyme, but it, it's going to be a great time in the spirit and in the house of God. So um, <clears throat> I'll have to call it super summer services or something like that, but super Sundays, whatever they are, but we're going to have a great time. Anyway, who's ready for the word tonight? If you're not ready, we can go home right now. It's okay. <clears throat> Just... I've got a little bit more in my notes than I normally have, so bear with me. I hope I, I might just, you know, jump through a lot of stuff before I don't get to it. But it says this, when Jesus was in the garden before being arrested, uh, he knew what was going to happen to him. So uh, I, I want us to go to the garden of Gethsemane, the, the, the night Jesus was arrested. And here he is, he, he's, he knows what's about to happen. He knows the cross is inevitable and he's not going to be able to get out of it. So he's in the garden and he had told the disciples many times that that was going to happen, he was going to die, but they didn't know it. They didn't know what he was talking about. They didn't understand it. They're like, he's talking riddles again. This is another one of his parables and, and we'll have to ask him later, what, what does he mean? But in the book of Mark chapter 14, it says that, uh, starting in verse 34, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So in a sense, he's their spiritual leader. He's their, he's their pastor. He's their teacher. And he's saying to them, guys, you know, they, I think you can tell when someone's really going through something. You can see it in their face. And he says, guys, I really need you to stay with me right now. Let's, let's move down to verse 37. So it says he went a small distance away, a stone's throw away, and began to pray. Verse 37 says, Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. 
And he said to Peter, Simon, are you, he said to Peter, Simon, which was his other name, I'll say that a bit too quick, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? It goes on, verse 38. Jesus implores them to keep watch and pray. Verse 40, it says, When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. Verse 41, when he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But know the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Now, Jesus' closest disciples couldn't stay awake when he needed their prayers. And as we are in this season of awaken, there are two options for us. Sleep through our hour that the Lord needs us to be active and to be powerful church or and be alert in the world today. We're in the days where we need to be alert believers in the things of God. So I want to encourage you, um, that, you know, that, that story there shows us that those who are closest to Jesus managed to sleep through the most important time that Jesus needed them. And right now the world needs a church that is alert and awakened to the power of God. So as the, 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 the powers of darkness seek to increase and control our lives, Jesus is saying, I need you to pray. I need you to reach out. I need you to, to be alive and awake to the things of God. This is, uh, if we go back earlier that night, Mark chapter 14, <clears throat> it goes back to the communion message. We've taken our communion tonight, but it says here that Jesus took some bread and broke it in pieces and served it out saying, this is my body. See, only hours before, I don't know, half an hour, an hour before, who knows how, how early that was. But he just told them what's about to happen. He said, he took this bread, he said, he, he broke it and, said, and served it out saying, this is my body. And then he took a cup of wine and they drank from it. And Jesus said, this is my blood confirming a new covenant between God and people. See, Jesus is our new covenant. We are in the new life that God promised. We have that new life power. We have that experience of the, the, the promise of Jesus that we are born again into His promise. And I want us to be the church that is awakened to that. If we don't know anything about the, anything else about the gospel, anything else about Jesus, we just need to know that much, that Jesus is the new covenant between God and people. And we are the beneficiaries of that. We are, we are the ones who get the benefit of that. We carry that. It's an exciting thing. <clears throat> but that's not the main message today. I want to talk about, I just, I had to find somewhere where there's people asleep. <laughs> but they didn't wake well. You know, I think all the time, all these messages have been people who've been asleep and then God awakens them and, and it ends well. Well, these disciples, it didn't end well. He kept coming back and they kept sleeping. So what, but what that does tell me is that we as people of God can, can be caught. Oh, I was having a little nap. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, Jesus, yes, I'm, I'm on task, yes. Oh, 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 I'm just so tired. So three times they're, they're caught out. Don't be, the, don't be that kind of church. We, we want to be a church that's alight and active and, and on fire for the things of God. But um, <clears throat> I've got an awakened talk for you today, and it's 
That's the title, Awaken Talk. So it's how you talk must be awakened spiritually. So, you know, a confession holds a great deal of importance. So in legal cases, confession holds a lot of weight. So when someone confesses to something, it it has a lot of weight. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, we can we can be put in jail from a confession. But I want you to, 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 to get some keys in your spirit today that can really change your life. See, no one can expect God's interventions into their situations when they're operating outside of faith. We're gonna, I'll give you a definition of faith, Rob's definition of faith. Faith is believing God is goodness and righteousness. That's your key today, not good English. I'll say it again. Faith is believing God is goodness and righteousness. Faith is believing God is goodness and righteousness. So in bad times, and who's never been through a bad time, we're tempted to say, and you may have found yourself saying these things, or something similar, so tough times come, rough things happen, and there's some things that we go through that just shouldn't happen, but they do. <clears throat> I think there's some things that God didn't create the human, the, the human uh, emotional level to, to ever have to deal with. But we're living in a world that has been corrupted by sin. And that's why we have to deal with certain things that we should never have to deal with. And that's why emotionally some people can't handle life. And they go, why is it so hard? Well, we, we, we weren't designed by God to carry some things. God sent Jesus to try and uh, deal with the, the symptoms of death because that's, I think, the greatest one. But so we can find ourselves saying th things in bad times. We're tempted to say, or maybe we've said it ourselves, why is God allowing this to happen? Don't put your hand up if you've ever said this. If this is, why is God doing this to me? Or we might say a question like, where is God? If he's real, where is he right now? See, this kind of talk declares something. This kind of talk declares that we believe God is not good. And, and you might think, oh, no, but, but I sort of believe God. But what you're actually saying with your speech, with your talk, is God's not good. That he is against us or that he's against me. That he doesn't care. And so that kind of talking attacks God's character. Now, we're all here, we're all believers here today, we're all Christians, we're all those who are um, confessing Jesus Christ as our Savior, but I, I would, you know, I don't want to interview everyone here today, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere, at some stage of our lives, we've all had questions that we've put towards God like that. That's, that's sleep talking. We've heard of sleep walking, that's sleep talking. So I want us to start awakened talking. We've got to develop the, 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 the art of awakened talking. So putting the blame on God for what the devil has done will never end well. Ugh. Putting the blame on God for what the devil has done will never end well. Because that is outside of faith. It's outside of faith where God's blessing over our life comes from within faith. 
What was faith again? It's believing God is goodness and righteousness. That's your key point. Put that in your, in your bank book. So we have to apportion to the devil what comes from him. And that's another big key. Apportion to the devil what comes from him. See, the devil's greatest tactic, and he's, he's really, really clever, is he tries, and, and when bad things happen, he's the author, he's the master, he's the one who's created that disaster. And then he, then he sits back and goes, get mad at God. Hey, why did God let that, that, that happen to me? God's not listening. God doesn't care. And then people go, because they're not attuned to the voice of God like they should, so they just get that hook deep in there. They get it right down in their gullet. And they, it'll never come out. And they just, they just get dragged through the sea like a tuna with a hook in its mouth. But we have to apportion to the devil what comes from him. So we've got to talk some better talk. We've got to talk awakened talk. We've got to talk spiritual talk as if we are the children of God because that's what we are. So the, the first key is, these are things how we should talk. I don't know why the devil is doing this to me. See the switch? So when bad things happen, you've got to confess over yourself, I don't know why the devil is doing this to me. Other question you could ask is, um, for what I'm going through, God must have a good plan. I feel like I'm in the wilderness, but I'm going... I'm taking God by the hand and walking out of here one step at a time. I don't know why the devil's attacking me, but God must have a much better plan. I tell you, I know what that wilderness feels like. I, I, I know for, for years and years and years, uh, you know, struggling with things and battling through things and wondering, why, why is life so hard for me? Why have I always got a fight on my hands? And I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about emotional things. I'm talking about insecurity things. But I was just constantly, you know, getting punched in the face by the devil and, and wondering, why is this happening? But I can tell you why, because, because the enemy attacks when he sees God in you. When he sees God's potential, he, think, he thinks, I've got to throw an avalanche at that person. So the harder your fight is right now, the greater your, your purpose in God. The greater your purpose in God will be. So our confession is everything. Talk the right kind of talk. Your, th th those things I just said are good confessions. And we need to discover the power of that type of confession. Because the, the bad things that have happened in your life, I, you need to get this and get it well, did not come from God. They didn't come from him. They never did, and they, and they were never in his mind. Some people say, oh, well, you know, God did, did that to you because he's trying to teach you something. No, he can teach you better than that. He will teach you despite that. Because what the devil wants to do, he wants to come and crush the purpose of God out of your life. So this is, this is Jesus, the Jesus that I want you to know. And take a look at this and see the character of God in these scriptures. We're not going to look at all of the, that I have because there's just way too many. Way too many. Please, the best thing you can ever do for yourself 
is invest yourself in the Word of God. Read it all the time. Get into it. And if it seems like you're chewing sand or, or rubbing glass in your eyes, just keep doing it until one day God will give you a word. And He will. And when you get that word, it'll be like a precious piece of gold that you just go, whoa, God just spoke to me. You do a victory lap around the car park, you'll love it. <clears throat> okay, this is, this is what I want you to see about Jesus. Psalm 146, verses 6 to 9. It says, He keeps every promise forever. He keeps every promise forever. And so often we think, well, God spoke to me and I thought it was real. And but then I'm like, oh, this took too long. God's never slow with his promise. It is slow to us, but it's going to happen. I, I can th- hear some stuff. God spoke to me when I was in, I didn't even like church. I didn't want to go to church. I, ha- I actually hated it. But we had a church in our street. My mum used to say, you're going to go to Sunday school, you can go to church. I'm like, no, I don't want to go to church. And I used to drag myself down there. But I did have some mates there and all that, so it was all right. But I would drag myself to church. I hate every minute. And, and one day this Sunday school teacher, I was, I don't know, I was probably about 12, and the last place I wanted to be there, and I'm, we're in Sunday school, whatever they had there for our age, and, and I'm just, we're doing our lesson, and I said something, I don't even know what, and she just stopped and says, you're going to be a mighty man of God one day. I'm like, what? You're going to be a mighty man of God. God's going to use you. God, you're going to be a leader and starts prophesying over me, and I didn't even want to be in church. And I, I can't say, oh, from that day, God got a hold of me. I, I was just like, yeah, whatever. Let's see. <clears throat> but, but there were other little points along my life where I had similar words when I was as, as much away from God as ever. But God sees what he sees in us and begins to prophesy and speak a destiny and a future. And I'm here today living out the prophecy of, of, that, uh, of that Sunday school teacher. Anyway, where are we up to? He keeps his promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. So there's a lot of prisoners in life. They're not in prison, but they're prisoners. They're prisoners to unforgiveness. They're prisoners to hate. They're prisoners to fear. They're, they're prisoners to, to weaknesses and all, all sorts of other things. But the Lord frees the prisoners. He gives justice to the oppressed. That's a powerful thing. Uh, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. Any godly people here today? Lift your hand. The Lord loves you. When you think, hey, stuff's starting to pile up, starting to get a little bit of a, a log jam going on in my life, the Lord loves you. So what's a godly person do? The godly person finds themselves in the house of God. The godly person lifts their hands and worships and praises Him. The godly person prays all the time. The godly person lives by the Word of God. The godly person doesn't cheat, connive, and be a bad person. The Lord loves the godly. Choose to be a godly person. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows. I love this. But he frustrates the plans of the wicked. You know, you might see some people around you and they're living their life. They're like, hey, it looks like it's all awesome, going great. But you know what? 
can promise is that God frustrates the plans of the wicked. So at the moment, there, there are the plans of the wicked against the church that are rising like, like you, know, you, you just can't imagine. In the Western world and in Australia, the, the plans of the wicked are rising. But you know what? God's going to say, yeah, whatever, I'll just, I'll frustrate your plans. I'll make you eat your plans. <clears throat> Again, if you, if you want some more research on the goodness of God, Psalm 145, verse 13 to 20. Uh, very similar description of God's nature, but it's even more enhanced in there. So check it out. Look at it. Psalm 145, verse 13 to 20. But uh, it's what the Lord is like. He keeps his promise forever. He gives justice. He gives food to the hungry, sets prisoners free. He opens the eyes of the blind. He lifts up those who are weighed down. Um, he loves the godly. He protects foreigners. He cares for orphans and widows. He frustrates the plans of the wicked. That's what Jesus is like. And you need to speak that over yourself. Because I think we have a distorted view of what Jesus is like because the devil, we've got used to hearing his, his little voice, his midgy voice saying, see what God just did to you? You just lost your job. God's fault. No, that's the devil's fault. You've got you to say, no, no, no. You know what? God's setting me up for something better now. I'll tell you what, every, every time the enemy has, has uh, designed, you look at the Bible, every time the enemy has designed something against the people of God, God uses it up as a setup for an amazing blessing. So we, we need to have an awakened talk. It's vital to living right. Awaken your talk. Proverbs 18 verse 21, it says the tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. So, so what, why, why does my life suck? Why am I crippled emotionally, spiritually, and mentally in every other way? Because my tongue can bring death or life. It's too easy. Start to speak life. Start to talk, awaken, talk. Start to prophesy those things over, the, over yourself. I love Psalm 103, verse 2 and 6. Talk like this. If you think, well, how do I do awake talk? How do I do awakened speech? How do I do awakened talking? Let all that I am praise the Lord. Look, I, I've got to tell you something. It's not glorifying God because you, you've you had a bad day. You woke, you woke up with an ingrown toenail. And think, well, I go to the house of God and I'm like, mm. no, I dare you, God. I'm not going to do anything today because I don't like, don't like this or that. My car, I want a better car. Now, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. And I'll tell you something, we've had a lot of good things done. And we need to apportion the good things to Jesus. Never forget the good things he does for you. He forgives all my sins. That's big. And heals all my diseases. So where did the disease come from? God wouldn't give you the disease then to heal you from it. Why would he do that? Some people say, oh, I don't know. Well, it's got my arthritis. I don't, want, I don't want that arthritis. I'm not claiming it as mine. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. So he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with what? Good things. 
I know this one because you wouldn't believe how old I really am. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, Rob, you're only 34. I feel 24. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. I love that. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. So I'll tell you something. There is nothing that you have ever lost that God will not give you justice for. You, you, we do have to learn to talk, awaken, talk. And when injustice happens, you say, God, you see what they said. You see what they did. You know that was unfair. You know that wasn't, that wasn't my intention or why they mistreated me or why they misjudged me or whatever. And God will give you justice whenever you've been treated unfairly. Can I have the music back, please, Kimberly? <clears throat> I want to give you a powerful, powerful story. And I always want to finish or at least have somewhere in it where we talk about Jesus and these principles. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 37, is a story of a person who chose the right talk to talk. This person had an awakened talk in her mouth. It says here in verse 25, uh, I love this because I want us to be a church like this where people hear about Jesus in this church. So I want there to be a reputation of this place. And it's not because of us, it's because of Jesus. But it, it says this here in verse 25, A woman had heard about Jesus and she came to him. Her little girl was possessed by a demon. And I'll tell you something, the most... The most fundamental point of impact we have is to confront and break the power of demons. So often we're living in comfortable little westernized world where we think, oh, yeah, that, that was for them. No, no, they're all around us all the time. They're, they're, they're in churches. They're hiding in plain sight. But it's our, it's our, our role is to expose them and to, and to bring them down. Anyhow, this woman heard about Jesus and she came to him. Her little girl was possessed by a demon. Verse 26, she begged Jesus to cast it out. The only problem was she's a Gentile. She's not a Jew. But Jesus came for the Jews. He was preaching to the Jews. He's spending all his ministry with them. And it's not exactly, I'll, I'll paraphrase this, so take it easy. Verse 27, Jesus says to her, sorry, no miracle for you. No miracle for you today. Love, I like you, but nick off. But she had something in her spirit. She had something different in her heart. She had an awaken. She'd heard of Jesus. She'd heard of Him. She's saying, well, if I could just find Jesus, if I could get to Him, I'm going to ask Him to heal my daughter to cast out this evil spirit. But Jesus doesn't, doesn't respond as she expected. And most of us would leave right there and never go back. If we're honest. We'd say, well, I prayed, took it to the Lord, nothing happened. I'm leaving. But she says this. Again, I'll paraphrase. He says, sorry, no miracle for you, love. She says, that's, she says, that's true. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve, I don't deserve your attention. But can I just have a crumb? 
Can I just have a little bit, please? Is there anything? Please? And he, he says in verse 29, good answer. Awaken talk. Now go home. The demon has left your daughter. You know, if we could, if we could adopt the faith of that Gentile woman, that person who wasn't from the tribe of Israel, that person who was away from God. But she said, just give me a crumb, please. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? So her answer was in faith that Jesus is good. And she was expecting a good response from him. And when he said, no miracle for you today, she said, just give me a crumb then. Just give me something. Please give me anything. And he says, you've answered with awakened talk. And I'm going to bless that. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, the, the amazing thing about it, he did, he did an exorcism by remote control. He says, go home, the demon's gone. I love that part. I, I want the demons to be remote controlly dealt with before they get to church. So it's okay if you see people rolling around the car park doing, doing crazy things, it's God just dealing with them out there. When they come in, it's all clean and tidy. But can we be a church of awakened talking, awakened praying, awakened faith to all that Jesus has done and will do in us? He wants to awaken that. It starts by faith. It starts by a, 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 a taking down of a, 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 a better perspective of who Jesus is. And we've got to banish from our from our language that the 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 the, um, the bad things that have come our way that, that that somehow God made that happen. God did not make that happen. The devil did, and he wants you, he wants you to pro uh, what's it? Put that on God. I'm trying to think of some real fancy word, but project it onto God. There you go. But can we give thanks and praise Him tonight? We see His good character. And we declare in our talk and in our praying that Jesus is good and will do us good. If, you, if your faith is only for a crumb, that's all right. Just ask for some crumbs. She said in her words, she said, but even the puppies get the crumbs under the table. Yes, good answer. I would love for the prayers that we pray in this church that God says, good answer. I'm going to give you a new building. Good answer. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a better car park. Good answer. I'm going to give you a give you the awesome sound system. Good answer, I'm going to give you a new carpet. Good answer, I'll give you whatever you need. Good answer, I'll give you salvation. Good answer, I'll give you disciples. Good answer, I'll see people being baptized. Good answer, I'll see people being uh, in, in great relationships in the house of God. See, Jesus will touch our mind and our mouth when we begin to cooperate with an awakened mind. And as we speak God's goodness, and we see, we'll see a difference in our lives. Believe the small crumbs if you have to, but believe the something. God is good, and bad, the bad you go through is not from Him. Jesus, I'm going to take your hand. This is the de declaration you need to confess yourself. Jesus, I'm taking your, your hand. Lead me through the wilderness because you are good. God will take us through those hard times. And, you know, tonight we're going to 
uh, uh, worship a little bit more. Um, we'll be done real soon. But I just know there is a power when we come forward. There's something that, that comes off us. There's, there's, there's breakthrough that comes when we step out of where we are and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming close to you. That woman that we spoke about who had the awakened talk, she got right in Jesus' face. She heard, she went, she got in front of him and said, Jesus, I need a miracle. She went after him. And one, one of the keys when we do this and we step forward, we're saying, Jesus, I'm coming after you. Now, I don't know if anyone's going to pray with you tonight. Maybe they will. But I want us to, to, to step out, if you will, if that's you today. Step out and say, God, I want you to awaken my talk. I want you to awaken my prayer. I want you to awaken my faith. I need a crumb today. I need a breakthrough. Maybe the, the conditions that I've been living in is because I've been apportioning to you what didn't come from you, and now I'm going to repent of that. I'm going to change my confession. As we sing, Beth, thank you. I invite you to come, and um, you know, some of you will pray with you, but maybe some of some of the others are just needing some time in the Lord, and and, and God will will deal with the stuff that He needs to. And uh, let's just believe that God's going to do something good for us right now in Jesus' name.